0: Children played a critical role in pre industrial economies. And the reality that they were involved in day to day tasks was normal. However, in modern times, it is nearly taboo to even consider employing children. When did this change, and for what reason? Did those reasons remain valid today? Has the time come to reconsider child labor this week? Philosophers. Philosophers. All right, David. <laughs> So, what topic did you bring for us to discuss today? Well, uh, I started out wanting to do this as a, uh, a devil's advocate, and it seems you didn't want to. So, we're talking about child labor today. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so, what uh, initially, I guess, made you want to talk about this topic? Uh, well, okay. I watched a video a couple of, or yesterday or a couple of days ago, it doesn't matter, um, about... Some of the inner workings of a very popular uh, children's computer game uh, called Roblox. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I'm familiar with the game somewhat. I've never played the, it. I, um, neither have I. Um, it and it always seemed to me, as an outsider, as basically like poor man's Minecraft. Yeah, to me, it was always like um, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, but Minecraft or whatever, like an MMO game for kids, essentially. Yeah. Online Lego. Yeah. Um, Turns out it's actually a lot more complicated than that, so I learned from this video. Okay. Um, The video was not going into the game mechanics of Roblox, but apparently it's more like a game engine than a game. Hmm. Um, And so... uh, and and this also this explains to me a little bit why it is so popular, because it's not it's not just kids playing virtual Lego, um, like you can actually program your own games in this engine and make your own like different different uh, mini games and stuff for for people to play. So it's more akin maybe to like Gary's mod for kids. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the place where this got interesting uh was when it got into monetizing these games um apparently there's ways that you can make money doing this uh even within the roblox system not just through uh, third-party means um i i don't know i i haven't actually learned the the full monetization scheme uh but somewhere or another people put pay to play some of these games And the Roblox company takes a cut of this, and then uh, they give a a cut to the developer who's in charge. Okay. So, and this makes sense. And so the original, this is actually, the video that I saw was part two of two uh, talking about this. Because in their original video, which I haven't watched and don't necessarily care to, but it was was about how um, they think that the... Like the margins are very unfair. Like I think the developer gets like fifteen percent, so extremely low by most standards. Yeah, especially compared to most game distribution based both marketplaces like Steam or GOG. Yeah, and then from an engine perspective. Yeah. yeah. So they they get away with that. I think that I think there's two there's two ways that they get away with that. I think one is that. Uh, these are children and they don't understand necessarily how this works. And they're just excited that they can get any money at all. Um, and, and also like you're not getting paid directly in dollars either. You're getting paid in virtual currency, but it's currency that can be exchanged for dollars. Hmm. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. It's, it's one, it's one of those, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that you can, you can pay dollars in to get it. And there's also some way that you can cash out as well, but under some restrictions. Right. Um, so, so anyway, so I assume a lot, a lot of kids who are developing are not even necessarily doing it for money. They're doing it for virtual currency that they use to buy like cosmetic perks and things like that. Sure. Or to play games as it might be. Um, so, and the other reason that they can get away with that is because they are apparently a huge name, uh, in kids video games. Yeah. Roblox Uh, is massive. Uh, Yes, I also learned when watching this video that Roblox is now valued... uh, The Roblox company is now valued higher than Nintendo. That's interesting. That is very interesting um, and surprising. Um, So, but uh, this video or this episode is not about uh, this Roblox uh, controversy. The, uh, The second part that I watched also went into how... Because there is money to be made doing this, a lot of the top Roblox sub-games are not developed by single individuals. They're basically developed by companies. Um, They're small companies, um, usually started by somebody who did it as a hobby, started making money, and then wanted to start hiring on other people to maintain their spot as the most popular ones where they can actually make serious money. Um, and so the video was criticizing the whole system for being exploitative toward children who are interested in making money, uh, developing games. Uh, because they and and that that the the Roblox company should take responsibility, but won't take responsibility because all of the business is happening outside their domain. Hmm. So that got me thinking about this topic about child labor interesting um why why do we feel bad about things like this and and i got i got to thinking about how how interesting it was that you know like people were and we're going to get into this here in a little bit but people people got started getting really upset at uh child labor when it came to things like sweatshops and factories where children were being directly exploited uh for their for their labor um but now there are lots of ways that a child can do work of their own volition uh which they are fully qualified to do and and some of it can even be considered skilled work when it comes to things like programming Mm -hmm. um and should it be illegal for them to do that still okay well it's uh i've I've pulled up a brief we are not going to Give like an anthropologist view of child labor throughout history. Um, if you want that, go elsewhere. But come back to hear our comment, I guess. <laughs> um, but in broad strokes, without having to even look it up, I think commonsensically most people should understand that for the vast, vast percent of human history, children have worked. Mm-hmm. They have, in some fashion, um, to quote the wikipedia I mean, and indeed they they well uh, go ahead whatever yeah yeah i was gonna say to, to, to put it in this way uh child labor formed an intrinsic part of pre-industrial economies um in pre-industrial societies there is rarely a concept of childhood in the modern sense anyway children right. often begin to participate in activities such as child rearing hunting farming as soon as they are competent in many societies, children as young as 13 are even seen as adults and engage in the same activities mm-hmm. as adults. So th- th- I don't think you need to read much further. Um, and, there's a, there's, and and I think to even broaden the point on this, when you look at the percentage of labor that was devoted towards farming itself. It's pretty much all of it. Yeah. Most of the world's population farmed or had something to do with feeding other people right you know yeah that was the the business we were in was staying alive and i in the modern sense i feel like we look at a, something like farming as unskilled labor and some asp- aspects of it definitely are unskilled but it's n- it's not as unskilled as other types of labor necessarily mm-hmm. and and i think to look at an entire industry as being either skilled or unskilled is kind of fallacious anyway um, in the modern yeah, sense, maybe, uh, for example, in, in the modern sense, there are two types of, uh, there are two specific examples in my head that come up as to, as being labor that we, uh, we as a society almost all would agree are unskilled. And that is waiting tables and, um, uh, yeah, waiting tables and being a clerk. Mm. Um, now that's not to diminish those who wait tables. Um, or those who clerk, um, because those are necessary functions in our modern society. Um, and there is some skill involved to say something is unskilled labor does not imply that it doesn't take any effort to do, right? It's a statement about how much training and preparation went into you being able to do that job. Right. And again, there's still some training and preparation to be a clerk or a waitress or whatever. Waiter or waitress, yeah, like to wait tables. And and, and there are, and just because the vast, but the, the point is the vast majority of the population can do those jobs with very little training or effort. I think that's all we're trying to say. Right. If you can show up to your job and in like a week know how to do your job. Sure. It's not, it's probably considered unskilled labor. Right. um, Normally so-called skilled labor requires years of training. Right. Something that a company is not just going to pay for you to do up front when you first get your job. Right. And more importantly, they care about your experience and your training before you even go for the job. And, and again, I'm sure restaurants would prefer to hire someone who's waited tables before over someone who hadn't. But they're not going to put on perhaps the job listing must have experience waiting tables you need to have 10 years experience waiting tables to you, get this job yeah, yeah you won't you probably <laughs> won't see that um in some cases you might but it's if it's a maybe pyramid, at the fanciest fanciest restaurant where yeah you're getting like thousand dollar tickets or more yeah but the shape of you that, to be perfect but the shape of that pyramid being the, the bottom of the pyramid being anyone who can just do the job and the top of the pyramid being the best at that job it is a very wide-based very short pyramid yes um In perspective to other types of work again nothing wrong with it we need that work to be done it's not you know i just know that people that work in service industries like that tend to get very upset when you seem to talk bad about their job out of personal experience um having had people talk about complaining about it i we hear you i'm not saying your job is useless it isn't but um but the things that were mentioned in this list child rearing hunting farming the three things i guess. Jobs that we needed people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, child rearing is almost something that we do by default. Um, those incentivized to do it are typically adults. However, it's not like a switch flips in your head one day and you all of a sudden I am a parent, nurture. Yeah, yeah. no, we we start nurturing other humans um, from the time we're very very young uh, in in limited ways, right? Um, because child rearing is everything from just being present and being a witness, like letting the child witness you doing things. That's the first way we learn: is watching other humans do stuff. So having another human, regardless of their age or stature, just moving around and functioning in society is a part of child rearing. Eight, and you hear about this a lot. If you have siblings, um, a four-year-old can teach a two-year-old a lot about the world. Just by being around them. Mm -hmm. Um, They just pick it up. Uh, So that one's pretty obvious. Um, And then hunting and farming. Both of those things are things that people just did. Um, For basically ever. Farming not quite forever. Hunting definitely forever. Yeah. You just do it. And sure, you might not be a five-year-old out there hunting to feed your family necessarily, but you are definitely out there with a probably a parent or another older person in your society learning how to farm, but your presence is helpful. Um, I, I have had the pleasure of being <laughs> stuck with a five-year-old before and to watch them. And as a person who isn't a parent necessarily, um, children are still useful um and they do the little things that we don't like to do but it also i've noticed and at least my very limited experience they like to do things they like to feel useful they like to be a part of things yes so and especially if you don't let them know that it's work exactly um they really like doing it Mm-hmm. yeah definitely um and so much so that when you look at a lot of the toys that are children's preferred toys they're tools well for boys anyway boys and girls easy bake ovens exist yeah you're right actually and that's not to necessarily engender cooking as a female only thing right but that is a toy marketed to girls and they like them yeah sure um all kinds of things i mean if, if you look at things like makeup and hair and stuff like that which are used predominantly in a cause in, in the cosmetology field which is also predominantly female those exist um and more importantly baby dolls True. Yeah. Here's your training baby as a baby. You're literally given one of those when you're tiny to associate you with having your own someday. I I think you would be very hard pressed to find a toy that isn't in some way a representation of an adult activity that we would call work. Or a tool that could be used in work or has Mm -hmm. an application for work. and, And... In a nutshell, play is simulated practice for life, practice for life. And a large part of life is work. We don't call it that so much in the modern sense. Like work has a connotation now that it didn't have back then. I'm sure people that lived in prehistoric pre-industrial societies did not think of necessarily farming and hunting and child rearing as the same kind of work that we think of work is. It's just right. You're not uh, going back to the daily grind. No, you're not thinking of it that way. You might. It's just Here's what we're doing today. You might think of it that way, but you, especially during harder times, but it's it's necessary. Like you have to. Right, do you it. have to do it, or you will die, or you will die. Yeah, it's not. It's not like, you know, I could just stop doing this and get a job in the city. Well, and also you know? your whole family and/or village is going to shame you if you don't participate. Like, we're going on a hunting trip today. We're we're going hunting today. Yeah, it's not really a trip, but you know. But see, that's there. You go hunting in the modern sense it, is. A luxury activity. It is a leisure activity. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. But it's like we're going hunting today, uh, so come with us. Well, I, man, I, I don't feel like going. Okay, but we have to. I guess like, you don't feel like eating. So, <laughs> you know. It's like what? Do you want us all to starve? Like that—that's where it's going. You're going to be shamed into going. Sure. Or they'll kill you, or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Or, or they'll Who, knows? Eat you. Who <laughs> knows what they might do? But right. So yeah, but you're going to be pressured into going sure you know and, and i think another i think maybe one last example is cooking to a lot of people the vast majority of people cooking is not a job when you do it no it's just something that needs to be done you want to eat right yeah you bought groceries yeah, unless you are a professional cook yeah cooking is not a job Yeah. exactly it's not work it's just yeah, yeah. you taking raw ingredients and making them better to eat yeah and yeah it's it's of it in and of itself. Right. Um, so, um, so that was pretty much forever until, when was this? The mid-18th century when uh, the Industrial Revolution happened. When all of a sudden, children are still working like they have been, but the nature of the work dramatically changes. Um, and, and it's not as though it overnight changed. Um, I'm sure there were professions in which um well actually before we go all the way there um let's go right up to before this when children are still working but the economy has diversified quite a bit so pre-industrial revolutions you now have skilled jobs they exist Um, good examples are masons Um, a lot of people have heard of the freemasons that organization existed for economic reasons because masonry was a skilled profession and they were called free because they were able to travel beyond national boundaries in order to perform work because their work may not just be necessary within your country they and countries realize that we may not have all the masons we need to do a project um and we aren't going to have a consistent demand for projects these people need to be able to move around and do different work and also they can learn things from other masons and come back with those skills and that benefits us um and if you look at the basic hierarchical structure you have essentially an apprentice yeah i was gonna say this is essentially a guild yeah yeah a guild yeah um an apprentice level and journeyman level and a master Mm -hmm. so most apprentices were young kids um i i don't i want to venture to guess how young but Pretty young. You, Probably 10, 12. Mm-hmm. And it was also common practice for you at those ages to go, you know, if not, if you did not live close enough, you would go live with these people, especially if it wasn't a family profession. Well, yeah, the the daily commute did not exist at no. this time. Yeah. You live at work. You You go live with the person who is a master of their craft and they teach you how to do it by putting you to work. On-the-job training was the training, um, and it's not just... Well, me. yeah, and especially for stuff like that, that's the best way to learn anyway. hmm Well... Get it, your it, hands dirty and do it. True, but even in things like, um, and this was a rarer profession, but it was probably the closest to, a I guess, an intellectual profession at the time, or one in which you've used your mind more than your hands. Not to say that using your hands, you don't use your mind, but the majority of your labor is done in contemplation, not in actually exercising. Moving your body. Yeah. Yes. Um... The, the two that quickly jumped to mind are, well, I guess the three would be clergy. Uh, that's one of them. Clear, um, scribe work, which is not necessarily the same thing as clergy, but they're strongly connected. Um, because the only thing worth writing down back then was a book of your religion. Um, maybe in a court though. Um, and then the, the third one would be, um, mercantilism which that has to do with more you you still probably are doing physical labor um because when the boxes need to when the crates need to ship everyone needs to help to move them but at the end of the day there is someone who spends a majority of their time taking inventory and facilitating transactions financially so those are like the three areas in which you know you would not necessarily need to be physically fit to do them um but you still have the same model of apprentices, you know, people who begin learning those trades at a very young age and are taught by someone who's been doing them for a long time. So regardless of what it is. Um, and then there's also this concept of the journeyman level. And the reason it's called that is because you're, you're expected to, you're, you're now no longer someone who needs to be supervised all the time. Yeah, you don't need a master with you to work. But you're not a master yet either. So and the expectation is that you go elsewhere. Get, you know, move, go live somewhere else or travel and work. That's why it's called a journey, man. You go out and you learn the trade somewhere else from different people. Um, you, you're oftentimes delegated work instead of overseen in that way um, directly, but you don't necessarily take on an apprentice of your own. Uh, you learn different methods of doing the same thing and you're expected to, at some point, come back and then you. Perform something. I guess you know this is where the phrase or word "masterpiece" comes from. It's the it's the thing that you make or do that is the moment that you transition from being a journeyman into a master. Right, the proof that you're a master. Yes, you are able to be a master now, and then you repeat the cycle. Um, and and this is all obvious. I think. Um, this is just the abstracted process for human growth. I mean, in society, It's what you do. You're you're directly supervised for the first part of your life. For a little while after that, you go about and you do things as an adult. And then at some point, you're good enough that other people now come to you to be taught how to do things. It's just just copying how we raise people, just in the scope of a profession. So, what changed in the Industrial Revolution? Unskilled labor. Unskilled labor happened. Um, You don't need to be... There is not an apprentice... I can teach you in a day how to work this machine and make the thing that I'm going to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but, and it's so easy, a child can do it. Exactly. It's so easy, a child can do it. Um, now, obviously, there are some things about these that, you know, that I think led to questions about whether or not children should be employed to do these things, the danger level is increased Mm -hmm. or perhaps is consistent with what it used to be. But because it's unskilled labor, it doesn't need to be supervised the same way. Um, Master apprentice relationships tended to be very few students to one master as opposed to a factory floor where you could have one foreman overseeing hundreds potentially of people. Um, So they're not being directly supervised, but industry, but injuries were often more grotesque than they may have been before or right creative maybe if that's 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 not i don't know if that's exactly a word to use but. but uh but yeah yeah machines dutifully continue doing their work even if you're in the way unless special safety features are built in which back in the industrial revolution they were not um, and so, yeah, you could find yourself, uh, twisted and contorted into all kinds of, uh, horrific shapes, uh, by the machinery if you were not careful mm-hmm. and children are not careful. Yep. Um, one other thing that I think occurred during the industrial revolution is that machines do not get tired. Yes. The same way. Um, even if they needed human operators, I don't have any commentary in front of me about how people saw it at the time, but judging by how people still feel this way, I might be wrong here. Um, having done manual labor before, people who do manual labor in which you are the one being the forklift, you know, you're picking up, right, moving, doing whatever the work. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing the work. People understand when you get tired. Um, however, the moment someone arrives with a forklift, if someone's been driving a forklift for eight hours, people are more skeptical of how tired you are. You know, there's, right. there, you know, what work have you done? You've been sitting in that seat all day. Yeah, you sit in a seat and drive a forklift. all like The forklift's the one doing all the work, you know. And, but they still worked for the same number of hours, and they did even more. They got more done in that time. Yes. Right, but we we're looking at the amount of effort expended. We do not. We yeah. Each how much hour, energy of your body was spent exactly doing this work? Yeah. Um so uh hours of work increased as well um it just so happens around this time gas lamps and lighting in cities became more prevalent and human beings weren't so much a slave to the day night cycle as they were in previous so you could work longer hours um you know and all these factors kind of increased the strain the average laborer felt i would think at the time um and because it was so easy, a child can do it, you know, children as young as four were being used in factories, which is not something you necessarily saw before. And, and additionally, a, you know, if it's in an apprenticeship relationship, the apprentice can, the, the master overseeing the apprentice can right-size the work to your capability, right? Yes. They can, they can make the work easier or harder depending on how well you're understanding it, how well you're getting it, and they can offset your ability. Whereas in a factory... You don't have the same relationship. It's the same amount of effort required to perform the same task Mm -hmm. every time. Um, There is no right-sizing it for a four-year-old. No, here's the machine. Here's how it works. Right. And not all human beings... Some four-year-olds are way more competent than other four-year-olds, but you didn't build a machine for a four-year-old necessarily. Um, You built it to do the job, not necessarily thinking of the human operator necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as this happened, you know, trade unions became a thing, like large amount of workers doing the same kind of work were more aggregated than ever. Um, a lot of things were going on in and around the time that the first child labor laws were considered. Um, now I don't know the specifics regarding child labor laws over time, like what ages were restricted or allowed and what kinds of fields, but just glancing over the article it's not as though one day we decided okay at 16 you can work everyone before that can't work anymore it didn't happen that way it was gradual and it, it affected different industries at different times and so much so that even to this day there are still plenty of farms where people under the age of 12 are employed um Although they're not recognized that way, maybe as a part of the legal system, they still help out like a, a family farm still functions relatively similarly, at least in its hierarchical structure and who's working as it did a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, children are used to help out on the farm, but they're not paid just like they weren't paid back then, even though the person who owns the farm is now paid a wage or well, not even a wage, really, they're they're paid from the fruits of their labor you know sometimes literally sometimes literally and uh it's disseminated so but we we decided that this this work environment was bad for kids it's dangerous um kids don't need to be here um there's the quality of life has gone up um we don't necessarily we we are more productive with the same amount of effort so much so to the point where not everyone children working is redundant, basically. Yeah, and not everyone needs to work, yeah. necessarily. Um, so if we are going to have to decide who has to work and who doesn't have to work, let's take the youngest of us out first. Um, there's an interesting scenario that I think can occur, like, <laughs> that occurred to me. Um, if there are 100 jobs and there are 150 people and 50 of those people are children... Um, what do you do with an adult if a child has their job? Mmm. Because, you know, as if you, in a world without, you know, this, you know, children are cheaper to employ mm-hmm. than adults. Because children are paying for themselves, probably. Adults are usually paying for themselves plus their kids, or at least that's the mentality, right? So you know yeah i, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too far but but the point i'm trying to illustrate is that we have more jobs than ever but we also have more people than ever because the populations are exploding because child mortality rates are going up with this improvement in life quality i mean down child mortality rates are going yeah life expectancy for children is going up the there mortality go. is going down yeah <laughs> children are not dying on one in three chances anymore you know from random crap like Children are making it, um, but we're also not reducing birth rates. So there's more of us than ever. We're creating jobs, but not as fast as we're creating people. So the the supply is getting larger. It's getting lar- larger faster than the demand is going up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, adults are more entitled to the work. At least that's, I think, another thing that contributed to this just in general is that you know, you're an adult, you should be working. Like it's a lot easier to shame an adult for not working than it's to shame a five-year-old for not working. Yeah. Even then I would say that that was the case, you know? Um, so that's, that's then. And then those laws have persisted to today until the situation that you talked about. So now that we've laid out a very, very brief Mm -hmm. history on this, um, let's talk about what, let's let's start i guess with what's the next bullet point uh um right here so why do we still not use child labor i mean kind of the same reasons like they don't we we don't we don't see it necessary that they work um it's not even necessary for all adults to work anymore, right? Um. Indeed, many don't. Indeed, many don't. That's correct. Um, I would also say though, there's this meme in society about childhood now. Um more so now than ever, I feel as though people have said the phrase, Well, I grew up too fast, or I never really had the chance to be a kid. Mm. Have you ever heard someone say that? I have heard that, yeah. Um, There's almost this... It's almost as though we enshrine childhood with a special innocence that we try to preserve now. Yes. Um, And I'm not saying that throughout history we didn't try to preserve childhood innocence about some things. But the scope of things that were encompassed has grown. I mean, speaking blatantly about it... um, let's look at a cultural ceremony that has not aged well with time or it's, it's altered, but it's kind of funny. So, um, are you familiar with what a ba mitzvah is? Or yes. Bat mitzvah? I, I know they have, they're slightly different for boys and girls, but you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, it is one of many coming of age ceremonies. Yes. A rite of passage. A rite of passage. Yes. So do you know what age group people normally go through this? 13 12 13 yeah Yeah. okay i'm assuming you know why it's that age and why it was that way it's been that way for a long time like what's significant about that rite of passage what did that what did that mean for most of human history when you hit that point you're an adult right you're an adult now what separates an adult from being a child like what things like it's not like you magically grew to the height you were from 11 to 12 right no it's a gradual process Mm -hmm. but what additional responsibilities do we levy at adults that we do not levy at children well i assume the relevant one here is work not back then Mm, okay everyone worked What's something that we never look at a kid and say, yeah, that's something that kids should do, that adults do all the time? And we have laws about it? Sex? Mm hmm. And relationships? Mm hmm. Having kids? Yeah. Kids don't have kids. No, they don't. Adults have kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And having kids means being responsible because now you're not only responsible for yourself, but you're responsible for whomever you bring about. Yes. Um, and I, I, and I, I'm not saying in all rites of passage, it's like this, or it's immediately at that age, but typically speaking, these are ages in when you're now able to get married that at least, mm-hmm. and yes, I know that the institution of marriage has changed as well over time. You know, uh, there was a, for a lot of human history, it was mostly political. Um, but that aside, you know we we kind of decided that that's an adult thing, you know, but but here we are in the modern realm and do we look at 12 or 13 year olds today as adults? No. No, not even close. It, it we'll just like let's look at civil responsibility, right? You don't go to the same court until you're you, you know People who are, in the, at least in the United States, if you're younger than 18, you don't get tried for your criminal liability or civil liability the same way no. when you're under 18. You don't have any of your civil rights, you know, being able to vote, participate in elections, run for most offices, and in some cases, there's even higher limits, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's any office really that you can run for until you're 18, uh, and you can't hold office. Most jobs that are government operated don't accept people under that age um they have in the past but it's usually talked about and there's a special exemption um you don't get drafted in the military before you're 18 like 18 is the age which we consider people to be adults for the most part mm-hmm. and and we also kind of i think we hang a lot of uh other restrictions as well like for example um up until recently in, in the United States, you could not use tobacco products until you were 18. Mm-hmm. Now 21. Um, just like alcohol for the longest time, it was 18. And I think in some places it still is for beer, but not for liquor, you know, and now it's 21. Like it's almost as though the time span in which we deem it acceptable to continue to behave like a child, it's going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting you know, to me, um, I I do kind of understand maybe where it comes from, you know, like, like trying to imagine me having a child. I don't want my child to necessarily work. You know, I don't want to, I do not want to make my child have responsibilities that I would levy in an adult. Right. It's unfair, honestly. It, it And it's easy when they're four or five years old to look at them and go, no, I'm not going to let them operate a motor vehicle. I don't care how good a driver they may be. I'm still not going to, you know, you don't let them use certain dangerous tools or items. Like you just don't trust them. Right. Right. And they're also gullible. Yes. And dumb. (laughs) They're very dumb. Our slash kids are dumb. Like, or, you know, uh, maybe not that, maybe not that exactly, but, but yeah. So, I mean, and it's, and it's strange. So I, but I guess the point I'm trying to get at is that we don't, because we don't, expect children to be responsible and we raise the age at which we begin expecting them to be responsible it's almost like a it it almost begets a population of people who are less responsible Mm -hmm. right which makes sense but now that you have a population that's not responsible when they're 17 years old and you don't expect them to be there's less urgency about becoming responsible so Mm -hmm. then as soon as you're 18 you become responsible right but the more lethargy we um you know, the least the, how do i put this the less we push for you to become an adult because we're trying to preserve a childhood the less prepared you will be i think and to be an adult to be yes. an adult and so when we go long enough with it being 17 and that's why you have young adults complaining about things like adulting is too hard it's like yeah we came up with a verb for it yeah adulting adulting yeah Yeah, that is to say, not being a child anymore. Doing things that a child doesn't have to do is adulting. Right, and we also put a weird reverence on being a child. You know, childlike wonder is something no one said until, like, the last 50 or 100 years, I don't think. You know what I mean? Um, I know there's probably an example in the Bible, something about kids that Jesus said. Do you remember the specific thing that was mentioned there uh children about being them being innocent or pure or whatever yes i'm not gonna have a direct quote yeah um i don't know exactly what they were getting at then and i'm not saying that children weren't considered innocent Uh, back then i think it's because children are gullible and uh it is valued to be gullible in christianity so (laughs) hot takes today and not a hot take. Just <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess the point I'm getting at is we've created a society in which we literally probably couldn't put kids to work, even if they were able to, the vast majority of them, in what most people would consider to be a normal job that we would make available. Um, Quick anecdote. I've been working and making money, a wage, since I was 12. Mm. Illegally, but it's too late. I got away with it. Um, in some way, I'm shape, telling or form. On you. <laughs> and I still went to school, but I worked after school and then in summers. And that's not too uncommon. There are people who still do this, right? Um, but I had many friends who did not get their first job until they were 24 because they went to college, which is childhood two, electric boogaloo, right after high school. <laughs> or becoming more like that, at least in my opinion. But they're not expected to have a wage you know they're they're cared for you know um and there's even legal backup for that you know most children can still be covered on their parents insurance until 25 24 25 years old in some yeah. cases what is that you know it, we don't it and i'm not saying we ever expected a hard cutoff date where it's like ah congratulations you are now 100 percent an adult it's always been a gradual process what mm-hmm. i'm saying is the the gradient has expanded you know the start of the gradient has shifted back to being essentially stayed at where essentially you're born but the end of the gradient where it's no longer where there's still some question as to whether or not you're a child or an adult has been stretched upward from like 13 or 14 in history and probably younger way into the 20s way into the 20s and now the ratio of over your lifetime is probably still about the same we live a lot longer but just because we live a lot longer, does that mean that Even we? Then, do we really live that much longer? I don't think so. No, um, I think the statistics on that are kind of biased. Um, a lot of them like, don't factor in children that make it. Like, if a child yeah. dies before they make it to five years old, they're still factored into the overall estimate. Right. Which, yeah, yeah, you get this idea that people lived till they were like thirty something and then died, and it's like that didn't happen. No. If you, if you made it that far, you're making it a lot farther. Yeah, if you can make it to five years old, you can probably make it to. Or like 20. Let's say 20. If you make it to 20, you're making it a long way. Sure. You know, and that's, and this is not that hard to understand when you pick eight, pick people out of history and look at how old they were when they died. Yeah. A lot of them were in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yes. Old people have been around for a long time. Yes. (laughs) Old people are not a new invention (laughs) or a new discovery. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get that. Um, I do get maybe what motivates it or incentivizes it, you know. Um, There is a lot... Children are a market these days. There's one incentive right there. Children are consumers by proxy for their parents. Mm -hmm. And because children are gullible and dumb, they'll buy things that if their parent ever looked at it would go, no. But parents... Are busier than ever. You know, it's it's way less common these days to have a parent that does not work. Most families, both parents work. They're spending more time at their jobs, ergo less time with their kids, and they they just have less time to oversee what their children are doing. You know, not to mention the rates of single parent households are much higher than they used to be. I think that's another contributing factor to this. Um, if you only have one parent or one parent figure present consistently um they're much less likely to be able to impart those soft skills into what it takes to be an adult and exist in an environment not only that but multi-generational housing is not as much of a thing as it used to be either it's at least in the west um I don't know about you, but I have parents that are getting up there in age, and there is zero expectation that they are going to move in with me when they are no longer capable of taking care of themselves. Nursing homes are, uh, you know, abound this country. We mm-hmm. we 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 privatized elder care, and in some cases, it's public. But like we we, there are whole industries now dedicated to caring for the elderly, um, so that it is not the responsibility. Um, and we don't even necessarily, it, it, in some ways we do look at it as though the fa- it's the family's responsibility, but it's become more acceptable as an option for the family to delegate that responsibility to someone else. Right. Like someone still has to pay for that too. It's, so. Yeah. But, so in, in that way, it's still their responsibility, but they're mm, not the ones actually doing it. It is, but even then it's still usually looked at, it's still heavily subsidized by the parents insurance. Hmm. Um, and there's government subsidies for it. I, had, My my dad had to put his mother in a home uh, for the last decade of her life or so. Um, and she was dirt poor. But him and my uncle, they each paid like 50, 60 bucks a month for it. But it's because she was so poor that the state subsidized a large amount of it. Um, and her social security paid for a lot of it. Um, granted, she had almost no cash... Like she could not spend any money because she didn't have any of her own money. It was all consumed in her elder care, which provided all her basic needs. And then she received like twenty dollars a week to go spend on like candy bars or whatever when they would take them once a week to the grocery store or whatever. Like they're treated like children again, Mm -hmm. you know. Here's your allowance, pretty much. yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's it's interesting. You know, I think all these factors kind of contribute to us looking at kids and saying you're not ready for this Mm -hmm. you know and in addition the world has gotten the world's just different in the way that what it takes to be an adult is harder there are more expenses now the cost of living has gone up essentially yes um for example um 50 years ago 60 years ago you needed a roof over your head you probably needed a vehicle so that was something that we recognize as still being somewhat necessary today but that's it. You didn't have a phone bill. You no. D- you didn't have internet. You weren't even... This is not as much of a shot as it used to be. Most people didn't have health insurance. hmm Or life insurance. Or their i their uh, IRA or their retirement plan. It, they didn't have any of that. No. To put money towards every month. You just paid with cash for the things that you needed at the time. And then when you finally did get a job... A lot of those things were kind of hitched to your job, you know. Um, Whereas nowadays, it's you're expected to pretty much have a vehicle per person, per adult, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, A place to live, health insurance, car insurance, which is now mandatory. It was not always mandatory, you know. There's just a ton more things you have to pay for that you... There's a ton more things that you have to pay for and there's a ton more things that it's expected and we kind of put as part of being an adult that you should pay for, Mm -hmm. you know, like to be fair, you don't have to have a phone. You don't have to have internet, but it's a, it's a de facto necessity. You don't even have to have a car, but it's a de facto necessity for most people. How are you going to get to work if you don't have a car Mm -hmm. unless you live right next to work? Yeah. Um, it's also way less tenable for you to just live at work, you know, um, how are you going to find a job if you can't travel to go get a job? If you, good luck finding a job by mailing a job application these days. Oh yeah, try it. I I would actually be interested in trying that social experiment. I am going to attempt to get a job using only mail. Yes. Good luck. You know. Actually, try getting a job without the internet. Yeah, they're still allowed to use phones, but yeah. still good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I remember the the last time I actually needed a job really bad and i was unemployed um i was in college and i still called around because that's what i initially learned to do and most people just told me go on our website fill out the application and we'll hr will get back to you you know the the only job i was able to find is one in which a very small business which was not tech savvy just posted a flyer that had a phone number Mm. and i was the only person who called like it, it was just a weird instance you know but are these good reasons for us not allowing child labor? You know, like in the instance you said, you know, we, we outlawed child labor because of all the bad things that happened to kids mixed with the reduced demand for our labor. Um, well, and it also artificially raises the... It, it artificially suppresses the supply of labor in order to increase the wages, you know? That's one part of it. Um... But do we still need to do that? You know, I, most jobs are a lot safer than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, and there, we, we've, we're kind of seeing a resurgence in skilled labor as being the predominant form of labor. Like there are way more jobs in which you have to have some type of skill or certification to do, you know, or the, the, the need for those jobs has gone up, you know? Yes. And in the example that you gave with these Roblox developers, in which that some of these developers are kids, kids can learn that skill. It's not like you can't comprehend programming until you're eighteen. Right, it's just logic. It's just logic. We're teaching kids at that age algebra. Yeah. That's logic. Yeah. So why can they not in some limited function make money off of that, you know? Right. And it yeah, and it, you know almost almost nobody Has a problem with, like, kids doing their own thing to make some money. Like running a lemonade stand. Yeah, that's another point I was going to make. We still do let kids, well, we even let kids have professional jobs. Child actors exist. Yes, that's true. And they make, ask Macaulay Culkin. He made his life's worth of money by the age of, like, ten. He was in Home Alone 1 and 2. And he made way more money than he ever will need to survive in a very comfortable life as a child Mm -hmm. and he got paid like his names were on the checks i mean maybe not his name maybe his parents names but they were trusted to him yeah in some way shape or form and we allow that yeah so we don't just categorically oppose children doing work that makes money Mm -mm. we and i think that if we just look at that and and even though there are issues you know like a lot of people are looking at child actors, see how they turn out, you know, like maybe that is damaging. That's a conversation we need to have. But I think that it's understandable why we wouldn't want kids to be in certain jobs. But I feel like with as much pressure as we put on employers to create safe work environments, most of the jobs that would be dangerous for children in which an employer, which would still have to pay minimum wage for that child, right? Right. It's just not worth hiring children. Yeah. That are too young. The employer, I would be willing to bet that most employers would look at a nine-year-old trying to get a job in a lumber yard and go, No, you're not worth it. Like you cannot work hard enough to justify your pay. But they might look at a sixteen or seventeen year old and go, eh, you know, you're big for your age. You don't need to make 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 dollars an hour. Because you live with your parents, if you'll take it for minimum, yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard labor. No one wants to do this job, and so I'm having to offset that by trying to pay people more to do it. But if you don't care, right? But you don't have bills to pay, so exactly, I can pay you less, and you'll be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But that was my whole motive for having a job. Man, I felt like I was wealthier when I was a kid than e- exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're you're feeling feeling rich because yeah, you've got. You've got an income, but you have no responsibilities, really. Nope. Pay can, for pay for gas to drive. That's pretty much your only expense. No, I can blow it all on whatever, and at the end of the day, I'll still have... Yeah, your entire budget is your fund budget, basically. Right. Well, and remember, I started when I was 12. I didn't have to pay for the gas to go to work. Right. Someone drove me Yeah. to the job site, yeah. So, yeah, it was great for me, you know. Um, I distinctly remember it contributing to me consuming alcohol at a young age like, <laughs> because yeah, it, it, that's how it was, man. I was like, I was, I remember being 16 years old and saying, man, I've got a good job. I'm, I'm making more than minimum wage. So even though I'm working less hours than some adults, I make more money than some adults that work full time, 40 hour week jobs at minimum wage because I have four years of experience <laughs> since I've been working since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Even So, yeah. And I've got all this cash and nothing to do with it because I wasn't a frugal child and I was not taught good financial hygiene I guess or whatever it is financial practices I put some of it in a savings account but I'm like man I'm 16 I've got a couple grand in my pocket what is a kid who's 16 gonna spend that money on you know I can only buy so much candy and snacks me and the boys want to go get some beers you know and like I can afford it like you know I felt great at that time. I I have not carried that much money in my pocket since I was that age. Yeah. Same. And it's not just a, well, I use a debit card now reason. No, my, my discretionary spending account has not been that big since I was that age. Yes. And I make a lot more money than I used to. Yeah. And I still, I'm like, Oh God, but I've got to nowadays. It seems like the more money I make, the more things I have to pay for. Yes. You know, that, that was not a thing as a kid. So I don't know. Um, I don't know I feel like we would be better off I mean and to me having that responsibility helped me grow up I was able to show up on time to work regularly because I learned to do that at a time in my life when I was still building my most fundamental habits you know like when to wake up when to go to sleep I know you're smiling because (laughs) I have a big grin on my face right now because I'm wondering when you forgot all that. Um. (laughs) No joke. Um, But yeah, but like, and I, you know, I just, it's funny you say that I'm late everywhere. You know where I'm not late to ever really Hmm. work when it matters. Like if I, Joe, I worked with you for a while. You did, but I did not work a (laughs) shift job. That's different. Like. I worked a shift job before that where I had to be there at four AM and I was never late. Sure. So it's not about the time. It's so sometime a- between then and now is when <laughs> Well yeah, having a lenient <laughs> boss really makes it easy to yeah. slack off. But anyway. <laughs> but I don't know. But but you get my point though. Like you you can't learn how to work without working. You know? I don't yes. you cannot simulate a work environment. And I'm sorry, school is not a good simulation for work. Absolutely not. But we treat it that way. Right? I I sure don't. But, okay, I know a lot of parents that pay their kids an allowance and say, oh, you get an allowance because you work at school for eight hours a day. And so I'm rewarding you for doing well in school by paying you a salary rated on your grades Mm -hmm. in the form of an allowance. And so kids look at school like work and they're like, yeah, I'm there eight hours a day. So it's like having a job. No, it isn't no, it's not you know <laughs> um, and we've both worked in software for some time. I don't know about you, but I don't have a degree in software. I don't either. but we do it and I don't I do not feel as though the amount of money that I spent going to school for all those years was worth it in regards to the job that I have now. I feel like I could have learned what I needed to do the job I have today mm-hmm. much faster and much cheaper just working on that job. Possibly. Like, if I was allowed to intern at a company for four years doing software for four years, granted, that kind of boxes you into that specific company. I understand there's... It the boxes numbers. you into that specific company and the tech that they're using. And, well, okay, like for me personally like i became good at programming because i wanted to because i did it as a hobbyist mm-hmm. i had specific projects that i wanted to do for me and i got good because i had to to get the the results that i wanted um but at a job i don't know if i would have the motivation to become better like i did
1: <sighs> See, I don't because know.
0: since working so long in the software field my hobbyist projects have declined and declined <laughs> and i learn less and less about software now than i used to perhaps i don't know i just feel like the reason we wouldn't allow child labor today there are not good reasons i can't think of there are good excuses like well they're not responsible you, you can't trust a you know we should not try to give the responsibility of a job or employment to a 14 year old but that it's kind of a catch 22 because the reason you can't is because you've never tried that 14 year old at a job. And because we've not done it so long, they're not expecting it. It's not culturally a thing that we expect people to do. So it's one of those things where I feel like if say we, we, we allowed people from the age of 12 to work up to 20 hours a week, like we softened the Mm -hmm. restrictions in no way making it compulsory, but we allowed it. I think that, over time, you would see the reverse trend. You would see more people, more kids becoming more competent at an earlier age more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally am of the opinion that it's damaging and growth stunting to prevent children from, and no two children are the same, right? Mm -hmm. Some children are going to be more responsible Girls or females tend to become more mentally prepared for responsibility at a younger age than young boys do, um just as an example. but when they are ready, you should give them as much responsibility as they're able to handle, and that's good you know that kind of encourages them to become more responsible so you give them more and it feeds back to the point where they're entirely self-sufficient. I think if they become able to handle a certain level of responsibility and then you deny them that responsibility, it stagnates to me. So I think softening, it would make sense, you know, and we've kind of transitioned to why we should do it now, you know? Um, But those kids working on Roblox, I don't think it's a bad thing for them. What they're doing is not bad. I, you can argue about the contract, uh, about how much Roblox is paying these companies, Mm -hmm. And how much money these kids are making, but the fact that these kids are learning a practical skill at their age and be they they should be compensated. We should, I don't. I do not think the solution to this is to take their job away. Yeah. No. Pay them. Are they not doing what we want them to do? Mm-hmm. Are they not doing a good thing? Like, and that's what you'd have to convince me of. You'd have to convince me. I think that. Someone who's 14 and has a rudimentary enough knowledge of a skill that is valuable enough that someone would pay them to use it shouldn't use it. Yeah. And I don't think you can convince me of that. There are arguments for that. I'd love to hear them. But I I can't be – I don't think I can be convinced on that necessarily. I can't fathom a reason why you wouldn't. Obviously, not all 14-year-olds. And maybe that is the reason is that it's not fair because some people are more responsible than others. But that's just how it is anyway. Yeah, that doesn't change when you have an arbitrary age cutoff. Right. Um, And perhaps, you know, I think that's where the argument would be is that this is a more meritocratic system. Therefore, we shouldn't do it because meritocracy in general is bad, you know. And because I cannot universally apply an employment status to 14-year-olds and justify all of them having... like. I'm thinking about the most communist example, which is congratulations, comrade, you're 14, you're getting a job like, and everyone has the right to work from the age of 14. It's terrible because not everyone's ready when they're 14. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. Yeah, I wouldn't In, in a communist society. I definitely understand having a minimum wage being high a, because there are more people than jobs you need. So you can't even guarantee everyone their quote right to work. You have to make up jobs to do that. And having more people to do that for is harder. So just, eliminate as many people as you can from the labor force by just setting an arbitrary age limit. Maybe, you know, at least that's somewhat logically consistent inside of itself. I can understand that, but we don't live in one of those, you know, and I don't, I, I think it's just damaging to, to do the opposite. Additionally, I think one of the last things we haven't mentioned is that people are retiring a lot later, you know, Mm-hmm. It's already bad enough that we have people not leaving the workforce at an appropriate what we would consider to be an appropriate age, you know. Um, for example, a lot of people are of the opinion that when you hit and this is the case in a lot of factory work or in a lot of jobs where you're on a fixed raise schedule or something like that, you'll reach a point where you're no you're old, you're older you're not able to output as much directly and we can't promote everyone to being a manager because the company does not grow as fast as it does not grow as fast as its people do. Mm -hmm. So we have to cut people, you know, to make room for people who are younger and will accept a lower pay because they have less skill. Yes. So, but if you can't force older people out because they can vote (laughs) um, and they don't like those laws, but the people who would want to work, if they did, who were like fourteen or fifteen, can't vote. You know, they they can't change the situation to do that. It would have to be us in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying we have to even make it adversarial between you know the elderly and the adolescent. You know, it doesn't have to be. Um. But I would think that in an economy that more and more needs to support a larger population of unemployed people, does it not make more sense to have? More competent workers that are able to take less money, thus increasing the amount of wealth being generated that's not being allocated to the employer or to the employee, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's scummy. I don't like that. I think that it doesn't matter how old you are. If you do the work, you should make the money. But the reality is, is they can work for a lot less. Margins go up. The amount of capital that's able to be used and allocated elsewhere is up there. Like, that would be my argument to someone who loves welfare as to why you should let 14-year-olds work, personally. Mm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, do do you think that we should maybe, like, lower the age? Or, like, how would you handle that situation? I don't know. I don't don't know how I would handle it specifically. Um, Yeah, I think lowering the age would be would be a good start maybe to something like 14 well it's already like 16 i think in most places it's soft 16 hard 18 like i think there's some limitations on how many hours you can work when you're 16 in certain industries at least sure so like so 14 12 depending on number of hours maybe i think that at least that sounds more realistic people are going to be more on board with that um than just getting rid of the limit entirely right um and I think now, like a, a a big part of it, also like th- there's been there's been the cultural shift for the past you know hundred years or so um, against child labor. I don't think that it like if we just removed the age restriction altogether, I don't think just a whole bunch of people are going to be sending their kids off to go work in factories. Like no. people just don't want to do that, and they don't have to. And, and like I said, employers in some situations. And and, uh, and I'm also thinking like okay. Like, the people who would be most likely to send their children off to work in factories are people who are very, very desperate for money. Mm -hmm. And the people who are very, very desperate for money are usually the people who are doing unskilled labor. And so, they're entering their children into the market to compete against them. But they don't see it that way. Yeah. And also, it's competing against them and every other adult doing unskilled labor. Mm -hmm. And if they're the one getting them the job, they probably already have one. And so, like the way I see that going is, you know, you're th- in your 30s, working in an unskilled job, say, in I mean, say, in a factory, like a low tech factory, we'll say, doesn't require a whole lot of skill to operate these types of machines, sure, um, or like forklift driving, working on a dock, something like that. Um, you already have the job, and you know that Jerry is retiring because he's ancient and he's getting ready to leave so you tell your kid about it and your kid's 16 and so you get him on with you and now your household's got twice the income so now you can levy more of the responsibility of taking care of the house to your kid like yeah i got you this job jimmy but you you know now that you're a man you're going to have to help out with around the house you know like and that both alleviates a burden that you had to some degree but it also adva- it advantages him in some ways because he's getting job experience at a younger age which means that I, th- I think the biggest issue you'd have is that the social mobility maybe goes down. Um, Cause in that case, just how does Jimmy get a better job at mm. some point? You know what I mean? Yeah. What's Jimmy's more incentivized and this is not so much. Jimmy's making money right now and is not necessarily incentivized to go look for greater aspirations. Right. Well, and not only that, but unskilled labor does not, experience in unskilled labor does not transition to experience in skilled labor at all at all. Uh I say that in there is some there is something to be skills. said yeah there's something to be said about sked something to be said about having had a job before. Like you know how to work with other people, you are yeah. familiar with a hierarchical structure, you had a boss that trusted you and you were able to communicate effectively enough with your coworkers to help achieve a common goal. Like in the most abstract sense, that's what I mean by soft skills is that, and you know how to be responsible and to show up on time, be given a task, achieve the task or accomplish the task, you know, the the basics, you know, that's, there's something to be said about that, you know, um, in, but you would have to then stack skills on top. Ta- like there would have to be a vector for, And this might become a thing too. So in skilled labor, we might see somewhat of a return to like companies saying, you know, we could open up an internship program to more people because we can bring them in younger and not have to offer competitive internship prices. I know our industry is a little bit different. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, there are still a lot of companies that just do entirely unpaid internships because they can't employ the people they want to. Like they can't even pay them a minimum wage for this. Or the demand to be in that industry is higher than the 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 amount of people wanting to... The labor demand... Where people would almost pay to be there. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think this would... The only way to offset that is you'd have to couple the social ladder thing. You'd also have to kind of adjust the cultural mentality of get your dream job. You know, that whole thing. Which, that's kind of a product of the fantasy of a childhood yes you know i think that would be somewhat alleviated just by children not spending so much time anecdote to explain my reason here Mm -hmm. i hate people saying well i haven't quite figured out what i want to do with my life yet i'm 18 and i think i might take a year off to travel the world and figure out what i want to do like that bothers me yes a lot the amount of privilege you'd have to have, and i'm not even i hate that word but that's easy z- but yes you are literally privileged if you can take a year off from being an adult because you turned 18 and go travel yes most people cannot do that most people cannot do that also how many people do you know that have done something similar to that and have come back from their year of travel and actually figured out what they want to do uh zero none they don't figure it out you know why it doesn't exist. Yeah. They didn't want to figure it out either. No. the, the fan- They just want to waste some time and have fun. Yeah. yeah. The fantasy of the dream job doesn't exist. There isn't a dream job. You know what the dream job is? Not working. Not working. <laughs> That's the dream job. Yes. I want money for free. Please. Yep. Please. Yeah. And guess what? That doesn't exist yet. Well, for most people anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's not tenable for all of us to do that. So... No. Yeah. We can't just all stop. Yeah. Instead of thinking about your dream job, think about your dream life. You yes. have to work, but use that money to make your life what you want it to be yeah find joy in things outside of work i think we're going to talk about karl marx at some point soon i can already feel it okay because i'm getting I'm, I'm getting into that territory of yes. some of his theories on labor and I'm, we need to discuss it at some point so i'm gonna table that for now mm-hmm. before i go there because it's it's related to the industrialization as well hmm. anyway no but yeah i no get a job Get a job right now. I don't care if it sucks. Just get a job. You know what the biggest motivator for finding a better job is? Having a shitty job. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know we don't like to swear on this very much, but that's... That's the reality, though. That's the reality. That's how I feel about it. As someone who's had those jobs, Mm -hmm. I did not... I wasted five years of my life in university, or more than that, actually, taking out loans and spending money I didn't have to figure out what I wanted to do when in reality all it took is a year internship at a company where i was like this will do (laughs) i can do this every day and oh look it pays enough for me to live the life i kind of want to live or there's a path for me to live the life that i want to live someday there so yep that's all i have to say about it i guess at this point because otherwise i'm going to go spewing on about karl marx for a while so Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about the about this this took some uh some unexpected directions but i'm uh, overall very pleased oh likewise philosophers philosophers if you like the music in this episode please check out jippy on bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com philosophers is supported by viewers like you If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.